Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Hey man, I'm glad to be here with you guys today. Thank you so much for being here. I think today is going to be a really, really important day. If you've got your scripture, we're going to go through 1 Corinthians 14. So you can turn there if you want while I'm doing this little intro. And I want to remind you, actually, if you want to join our 21 Days of Prayer, we are out of books. We sold out the first week we had them printed, so I'm sorry. But if you didn't get that, you can go on our website, and then we have that digital copy for you there. So you can download that, follow along if you're like, hey, too far in. I'm not, I didn't start. I'm a week late. Hey, you can start right now. Just start with day one. Just go a little longer than everybody else. It's okay. It's no problem. And there's a leak like right here. So you're going to see drops coming like right in front of me. It's really distracting. The second thing is, uh, we started something brand new as we started this year. I believe that um, God responds by the prayers of his people and so at 3.30 every single Sunday, I don't know if you know this or not, but we open this time up just for prayer. The band is done and we come in here and we just ask for God to show up and do incredible things. So if you want to be a part of that, I want to invite you 3.30 every single Sunday. There's music kind of playing. It's high enough. So if you want to pray out loud, nobody's hearing you. It's not awkward. It's not weird. And there's no agenda at all. Come in here, hang out, pray, and just chase after the presence of God. And I promise you, it'll be a blessing to your soul. So be a part of that want to see you here. It's been, a, it's been a blessing so far. Last week, last week was something really special to me. If you missed last week, I want to tell you kind of what happened, and then it's going to lead right into the Word. So we started with our prayer time, and then in our prayer time, Debbie, you discern God gives you a word out of Isaiah. She says, TC, I got this passage that comes to my mind, this is the year of the Lord's favor. She reads this passage out of Isaiah. As we come up, we ask for testimonies. Anybody here Christmas Eve? Come on now. Christmas Eve, we gave out $10 to each person who came here, and we asked for stories. Marty, Neelan, first people up. You come up here, and you said, that's funny. When we gave our $10 away, the guy who we shared with read the same verse that Debbie read. Now listen, like, I don't know if you've seen the book that we read, but like it's really big, right? Anybody in the room? Like it's a, that's a big book. And I think in that moment, we were all like, wow, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of crazy, right? But I promise you, nobody was like, that Debbie, gosh, man, like how she read that verse was incredible. And then, Ken, I mean, Neelan and, 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 and Marty, like, look, those guys, I mean, no, no, what we all did was, shoot, like that's beyond a person right there, right? You were here, like that, that's a little bit bigger. And there's this profound encounter where we have, like we see the tapestry of God at work and we're like, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, like God's bigger than I thought maybe, you know? And that's a small thing, but it's a, it's a giant thing, right? I believe God wants to do even more. I believe he wants to do that and more every single day of our lives. I've heard salvation talked about like this. Anybody have that in, 
that experience. Maybe you're driving down the road and you go over the railroad tracks. Anybody have, I guess there's like a phobia of trains, you know? But like when you go to the railroad tracks, you, in the hint of your mind, you're like, man, what if my car like legit stopped here or like some tragic thing happened, like people in front of me stopped and I'm like, I cannot move, you know? Anybody? I mean, I've watched those videos also on uh, Instagram or whatever, like where the train just comes and blows away something like, it's a big deal. I don't want to be in that situation. But I've heard salvation talked about like this, that it's like maybe if you had an experience of salvation, you can understand this. But it's like in the moment where you drive over the tracks and for some crazy reason, you get stuck and the car goes off and you, you see a train barreling towards you. It's not slowing down, but the closer that it gets, it's letting you know it's getting closer by the horn. Like, oh my goodness. And you can feel it in your body as you start to shake a little bit. You get so nervous that your hands are fumbling and you're like, what do I do? And it won't start. What do you go to next? Your hands are fumbling. And so you go to get out by pushing your seatbelt, right? Trying to fling it off, but you can't. And right before it gets to you, you feel a nudge in the back of your car only to find that the person behind you has pushed you over those tracks, saved your life but losing theirs. You get out of the car and you're like, oh, that was crazy. Why would anybody do that for me? Anybody have that encounter with Jesus before? Maybe you haven't yet, but I believe maybe you understand a little bit before the story. Maybe you feel like you're in that car today and life is barreling closer and closer. And everything that keeps happening to you every single day is like the horn that gets louder and louder. And you go, what else can I do? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to tell you, if you get to the place where you realize you can't do it anymore, here's how salvation comes. You simply let go of the wheel and you go, Jesus, I can't do it anymore. I need you to do it for me. And I promise you, in that experience of life, he will meet you right where you are. He will meet you. And those of us who have done that, got to that place where Jesus pushes us over the tracks, we roll out of the car and we're like, oh, that was crazy. Why me? Like, why, why would he ever do that for me? You find that the journey doesn't stop there, right? You find that it's like this. You stop. Get up off the ground and you shake the dust from your knees and the sweat from your brow and you go to the car and you look in the back only to find that you weren't the only one in the car, but you had your child in the back seat that they had climbed in, you know? You find that it was bigger than just you. Jesus didn't just do that in your life. He did that in your family's life. It gets bigger and bigger. And as you start contemplating salvation more and more, it gets more and more precious. You know what I'm saying? Because you see that the profound mystery and the profound power that doesn't just impact your life, but many, many more people. I have a thought though. What if we never got up from this position after Jesus saves us? 
Like, what if we never go, let's live another day? Like, we never stand up. We just stay here and we're like, man, that was, that was crazy. Eventually, like, you're like, all right, I'm not sweating anymore. You know, does this make sense? Like, it'd be crazy just to stay here. I want to read a passage today from a guy who wrote to a church to help them understand what the next steps could look like as they got together. Because as they got together, this thing can change your life more, and it's part of the journey. Our vision for this church is that we're a part of a kingdom movement growing together by loving God and loving the world. But there's a very important piece. We will be on a journey where we grow together. I want to read a passage today, and then I'm going to ask my friend Andrew to close today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Father, just speak to us as we open up your word. We recognize this is your word. It's not ours. So help it to reshape our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start in verse 26, and then I want to go through verse 40. And let's, let's boom through this thing. Guys, when I read this, especially ladies, you've heard it. Don't get up and leave. Don't get angry with me. Just wait. I promise it's a better story than, than, than you maybe expect. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Have you ever wondered how, like, I don't know how the pastor's so excited to be here every week. You know what I mean? Anybody ever wonder that? You're like, man, I wish I liked church that much, you know? I'm just not feeling it this week. Anybody ever get there? I want to tell you, like, I get there sometimes. And I want to tell you, before I started doing this work, I got there a lot more. Why? Because as I prepare something to share with you, that thing which I share with you from his word transforms my heart. And so I am on fire. Not because like, Jay, Jay's just a real energetic guy. I promise you, like, I'm not. But I'm energized by the power of God because he shared something with me to share with you. But a lot of the prep work that goes into getting here causes a fire within me to be so excited. There's a lot of people that come to me like, man, Jay, like, I just wish I had what you had. I'm like, you, you, do, you have access to him, but he's a him. You have absolute access. There's nothing special about Jay Smith, but he's filled with the power and presence of God. So when you come in here and you're like, bro, I'm so encouraged. Like, I could run through a wall. I want to tell you, like, that's not Jay Smith. Get it, make sure. That's what Paul said. Like, I'm simply a servant, but I serve the king. And what he shares with me, I share with you which encourages you and sets a fire. Don't miss it. And don't get it twisted. 
There's a reason why these guys are on fire when they step up here in the word. You can be on fire too. The first thing though that I see in this passage that I really wanna make sure we capture is the gathering has a motive. What is the motive of our gathering? It's a good question for each of us to answer as we come in, like why have you entered today? For some of us, we, we just need something. We had a tough week. You just, I just need an encouragement. I wanna say that's, a, that's great, come on, come on. But for some of us who've like experienced salvation and we're like, oh, that was amazing, that was crazy. Jesus, you're awesome. Like I'm encouraging you to stand up a second and see the motive for your next step of what could be. Because each one of you, he says, prepare your hearts to share maybe a song in your heart, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. But all things are done for the what? Is it up there? Done for the what? Let's, come on. Building up. So in my time during the week, you know what I'm thinking? This ain't just about me. Man, this is gonna be a blessing to Tucker. This is gonna bless LaShawn and Tippy and Chris, Marty. God, this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait to help them, build them up because you have helped me. I'm not bringing my ideas to you because they're not that great. God's are. So I come with a motive to build you up. Is this question, the reason that you've entered today, have you entered because you desire to build everybody up in this place? And if it's not, that's okay. I just encourage you, you can stand up. I wanna encourage you, you can stand up. You're allowed. You're like, but Jay, that's like your job, man. Like you get paid for this. I, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. But maybe perhaps this passage might shake up what we've experienced before. It's, shake, it's shaking up a little bit of what I've thought before. The gathering has a motive. All things are to be done for the building up. So prepare yourself to build each other up. All week, what if you, in your time with the king, you were like, I can't wait for you to tell me something so that I can help somebody else. Let's go. Because that's what he wants to do. And that's what you're allowed to step into. You're allowed. I just want to invite you in. You can. First Corinthians 12 says, if one member suffers, all people suffer together. Did you know if you're hurting, it's actually hurting me? I might never know it, but I'm not as strong because you're not as strong. You know that? What a profound statement. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That means if we see an experience with, with Debbie, you share, and it blesses them, and they share, and we're all like, that was awesome. My soul is lifted. I'm encouraged. I rejoice with you guys. What if every single one of us had something like that to bring, and we were fighting to go, no, 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 but please, 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 let me tell you what God has done this week. I believe it can be like that. And he's invited us to actually experience that together. We can simply say yes and step in, but we've got to get off the ground and take the next step to experience the next thing for us to grow together. Let's keep going. Verse 27. I'm only through one verse. <laughs> We're going to be hard. I'll book it, Andrew. Let's go. Listen to this. 
If anybody speaks in a tongue as a spiritual language, let there be only two or at the most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret what's being said. But if there's no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. So we might be saying like there's a little bit of a time limit. So if like a hundred of y'all want to come in and you're like, man, I got a word and we're going to be here all day. He's saying, hey, look, like three, <laughs> three at the max, you know, we can only handle so much. So like till the next time, right? But what this really says, the second thing I want to pull out and see is that the gathering has accountability. So if you come and you bring a word from the Lord, what it says is the other prophets in the room weigh what is said. And so as you bring a word, let's think about that. According to the whole of this whole thing, is that thus saith the Lord? Does the Lord say that? And to weigh what is said means as if it's found wanting, the others come alongside and build up till it is not wanting. We bring back to balance and we disciple each other in the process of what that could look like. So listen, we don't gotta be afraid to, to share because if you don't have it all right, guess what? We got other people in the room who are very mature who will come not to beat you down, but to lift you up. And the experience, the experience of sharing will change your life. Anybody in this room ever walked with the Lord to get you maybe your first experience of sharing? And when you got in the word, you studied and studied and studied to stand up in front of people and you were like a new person. Anybody had that experience? I'm going to tell you like, it's available. It's available. The gathering has accountability. Part of what I've learned walking on Tuesdays, walking the streets, walking with the king, and playing sports. Anybody play sports in the room? I love sports. Come on now. We got a lot of athletes in the room. A lot of wannabe athletes maybe still, you know what I mean? But you know what nobody ever did? Uh, nobody ever did when I was growing up playing football? Nobody ever said, all right, guys, sit down in those chairs. I've brought the book about football. Read it. We're going to do some lectures. And you're going, to be, you're going to be champions by the time we're done with the lecture here. I mean, you're going, to, you're going to go out there and murder it. Anybody? Anybody play sports? Find that so ridiculous. Or maybe you had a coach that actually tried to coach you like that, only to find out it didn't work, right? The book is important, though. Like, I want to not negate this, the, the, like, the live aspect of the word of God, absolutely. But the word of God is meant to be digested and become a part of us and then energize us to move and to do something with it, with him. Because this word points to a him and that him we come into relationship with and in that relationship we now walk and move and breathe and have our being. But can you possibly imagine somebody saying, just read the book and you'll be great. Just read the book and it'll, it'll work out.
I believe there is so much more for us to experience and encounter together. That's why experience is so important. So I want to invite you, if you're down here, you can stand up, go to the next step. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 30. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means I can control myself, my spirit, my own spirit. This is not some out-of-body experience where you're like, Jay has now blacked out and the Holy Spirit is, is really come upon him and he cannot control himself. No, no, I, I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I do have his word, but I'm very much in control of my own being. So if we have an, a somebody in this room that has a deep revelation, an encounter with the king, you can stand up and say, hold on, I learned that this week and it was very powerful. Let me tell you about it. I can be quiet and I can have you share. Share and then I can continue, okay? That's what he's saying. All right, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Now, The word always has context. So one of the most dangerous things you can ever do in a small group or in this gathering is if you come up here and you say, what this means to me is very careful. Life groups, be very careful because the word says something very clear. You should understand what it's saying. It doesn't mean something to you that it might mean something different to somebody else. The word speaks very clearly. We need to understand what it's saying. Now, let's understand what this is saying. As all the ladies are like, you better understand what this is saying, Jay. <laughs> you gotta understand the context of this passage. So as you understand in that time, men and women would sit on opposite sides of the room. And what it's saying is, if you desire to learn anything, you should wait till you get home because what was happening was, in that day especially, women were not educated that much. And the person they really trusted in their life was their husband who was sitting across the room. So when they didn't understand something, they were asking for clarity because listen, we have a real quiet, somber, very focused room usually. Wasn't really, very a little bit different, you know? Like we got different people speaking up. We got people speaking in, in spiritual language. We got people trying to interpret. We got some, we got a lot going on. Almost like a conversation. So when they didn't understand something, wives were hollering across the room, hey, hey, what, what's he talking about? So it would be crazy for that woman to speak up against another person's husband she might be sitting next to, you know what I mean? So I got to get clarity from my husband across the room. So, hey, listen, like if you desire to understand something, like you need to wait till you get home and you need to be silent. Now, why do I say that? Is because the whole of this book has to be understood. 
And in chapter 11, very important passage here, just a few chapters before, it says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who, what? Or prophesies. In order to prophesy, you got to speak. You got to be speaking. In order to pray, you speak. Every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. This passage continues on to say that this is a symbol. Wives, you have come under your husband in the same way that Christ is head of the church and we're that symbol one for another. But you are absolutely speaking in this book You are speaking in this book. So if you were to read that first verse as a lady and you've read that your whole life, you're like, well, dang, where's it? Am I allowed to talk? (laughs) That's why we're very careful when we say this verse means something to me like this. Because if you read only that verse, you're going to be in big trouble. You need to understand the verse. So speak. Speak. As the Lord gives you words, speak. The word always has context. All right. Let's finish this. Or, listen, if you're sitting there and you've read this and you're like, I don't know if I like what he's saying, I would just use Paul's words here. He's a little bit sarcastic. Or, hey, listen, if you don't like this, uh, was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones that it has reached? If anyone thinks that he's a prophet or he's spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. And if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. Order and respect are commanded. I've heard a lot of guys stand on stage and say, thus saith the Lord, Matthew 28, go make disciples, preach and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, go and do that thing. But when it comes into here, I'm the guy. I want to say, what if, what if in 2022, some of us who've gotten bored down here, because we got saved a long time ago, we never stood up, we never, we never moved from this place. We're like, man, God, man, this is awesome. Guess I'll, I'll live right here. I would encourage you in 2022, what if, what if each of us took a diff, another step? We grew together a little bit. And I want to tell you what I'm, what I'm asking you to do and what this passage says, like, this is a command of God. If you don't recognize this, like, you're not recognized. So can we wrestle with this passage? Let's just grow in it together. You want to? Like, I want to grow in this together. And some of us who need to take the first step, guess what? It's like a baby and it's like scary. You're still trembling. That's okay. Come on. But I believe part of that is going to be the profound experience that maybe you've been 
leaving thinking, that was great, but man, like, it's just missing something. Anybody get that feeling ever you like come into church, you're like, man, that was awesome, but like, I don't really know what to do. I've sat here for 20 years, like, I don't, what am I doing? I guess we'll do it again next week, right? Anybody? I promise you, if you come and know your place here, when I say know your place, it's not this, it's this. Know your place. And if you left thinking something was missing, I believe you were missing. I believe you were the missing piece. Because God wants to use you in 2022 in brand new ways that maybe you've never experienced before. I invite you to come step with us as we take one step at a time and grow together. I'm gonna ask Andrew to come and uh, wrap us up. Can you welcome Andrew today? Thank you. Hey Amen. Why are you clapping? Please clap for the multi-site bishop. What a great word and his worship team. Praise God. Y'all can clap for, I meant it. Just clap for the bishop, man. He did good. Um, so as always, it's always great to do something for the first time in your life. I called you on the phone and said, man, let me tell you about what God is saying. He said, great, come say that on Sunday. So I'm taking a phone conversation and hopefully making it make sense uh, to everybody here today. But I am blessed by that word. Can you put back up, please, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, the very first verse. And so I'm, you know, my wife, she's four months from having our third baby. And so I'm literally just throwing this verse on. And I, then I said, sweetie, now that I've bothered you enough, I'm calling Jay with this exact verse. So then I pick up the phone and call Jay. It's like 10 at night because I couldn't take my eyes off this passage. Because as pastors, you always tell people, bring something to worship. You know, bring something. Like, don't just come to get, get, but come to give. Y'all ever heard preachers preach that way? Don't just come to get it, come to give. But I said, man, I don't know if I've ever just slowed down in this passage and look at Paul explaining to this church that when you come together, like he's given us an instruction, like when you come together, Here's what's expected. Each one. Now, for some, okay, Drew, that's not that deep. Those adjectives and adverbs are very basic for my, you know, understanding of the English language. But for me, it implies that everybody has something to give. It means that no matter what we have done, what we have faced, what we have gone through, the one who pushed us from in front of that train says, now you still have something to give. I know we don't talk much, but is that just a little bit of an amen? Just a little one. I don't need a big one. I promise. New Year, just a little one. Now, you can fill in the blanks, right? All right, fill in the blanks. Though that's not an exhaustive list. That's very concise, right? All that stuff you read there, revelation, a tongue. But he says the reason why it's been given to you is because let all things be done for the building up. And I'm a realist when I read the scripture. I'm like, okay, God, this sounds so wonderful. What in the world is stopping us from doing this? <laughs> so when I read, amen, like, all right, this sounds great. If I walk to the church, and everybody has something to give, 
Man, I would love to be a part of that. Why? Because church becomes a potluck and nobody goes hungry. Hey, man, somebody's ready. You know what I mean? That's the joy of that passage, right? That's all it is. I'm a fool guy. So what happens to the potluck that's so wonderful? And we're fasting right now, so I know this is not the best subject, but what, what happens? What gets in the way? Well, I'll tell you what happens, because the next Sunday you bring your dish and nobody eats it. And then the Sunday after that, you bring your dish again and nobody eats it. Oh, my God, don't let it happen the third Sunday. Because <laughs> at that point, you make up your mind, well, obviously they don't need me. They don't need me because they asked me to pray three Sundays in a row, but they never called on me. God didn't say you would be called on every time. It said just come with it. There's players who sit at the end of the bench every year and still make sure they're getting a reward in heaven. Why? Because they came ready. So what are we fasting about? We want to be ready in season, out of season. It's up to God when your casserole gets eaten. Amen? We are easily offended people. Because <laughs> I had to ask. I had to be honest because he didn't say bring your gifts because in the chapter before this, he said, I'll show you a more excellent way is why Jay called me up here today. And the most excellent way was love. The reason why he pushed us from in front of that train is for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And now he says, I loved you enough to now have you go and do likewise. So what gift can we all use every single week? It's in 1 Corinthians 13, love, because verse 8 says that love never fails. Love isn't concerned with somebody eating this casserole or not. It's just ready. Love isn't concerned if you never sing your hymn. It's just ready. I'm ready to sing right now. They may never ask me. I've been trying to think about now how I'm going to sing that love part of that verse. You know that, what was it, love? I lean on your love. Is the, it is a firm foundation. What's those lyrics? Just say them, TC. Don't sing them yet. Uh, what is it? Somebody help me. It is. I will build my life. It is a firm foundation. See, I cheated. I can't do it, but hey, I did it. And I probably never get to do it again. But that's church. Not comp complicating what my brother is saying. But let's not let pettiness get in the way of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to think of creativeness. I ain't got it in me. Just don't let pettiness get in the way of the power that we possess. Because even when you're not called upon, even though you may feel looked over, what if those people don't even know they're looking over you? Why can't we give the benefit of the doubt to one another? Because the Bible says love endureth all things, not quit when it doesn't get its way. This is where I end. You're going to want to pay attention. We're one body made of many parts, and that same one who pushed us from in front of the train is the head of the body. And the fact that he's the head of the body means that now that he's pushed us from in a train, it says that it's in him we live and we breathe and have our being. So, of course, we love him. He says, now that you love me, give the same love I've given you to others. I'm going somewhere. The moment someone in the body injures you, what happens in a natural body? I may get this wrong, but scientists help me out. There's something called antibodies. 
God has produced warriors inside of us. Any nurses, doctors, is coming out? Is I'm right? Am I right? Oh, somebody's being tapped. This dude right here is being tapped. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Nobody knows who he is. Okay, great. Antibodies is a correct word, right? Antibodies come whether there's parasites and foreigners, and they don't argue with the parasite. They don't argue with the foreigner. They don't argue with the hand for putting that food poisoning in its mouth because the antibodies are too busy fighting for the body to be healed. That's what God is saying to his church. Get out of cancel culture. Salvation means redemption culture. Means healing culture. It's tucked in the middle of the prayer. You know it. Father, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive them their trespasses. How do you build each other up through forgiveness and forgiveness brings healing? And this is where I end. It's finished. Jay preached enough. On my hand, when I was younger, Jay can see it. You see that extra darkness? It's brown, but there's more dark brown there. I opened, no, no, I was cooking in a restaurant and there's a, something called a brick. It's this black thing that you clean a grill with. It's called a brick. And we were out of, y'all gonna trip off this, but y'all gonna remember this illustration. They were out of the chemical that you clean the, the grill with. So whenever we ran a chemical, we would go to the 375 degree grease and get a frying pan and get the 375 degree grease, put it on a 400 degree grill, and that's how you clean the grill. You saw it. I love your face. 375 degree grease in a frying pan, dump it on the grill because that heat will get rid of all that nasty stuff from on the grill. So on this day, the grease didn't cooperate and I push it and it flips back on my hand. Boom. It was a crazy. They said, get some flour, get some butter. I thought it was going to cook me. It was putting flour and butter on it. I don't know what that was going to do, but it was the funniest thing. Get flour and butter. I don't know if that works. So I know you're the doctor, dude. I don't know if that worked. Y'all going to remember it. And what I saw in the documentary is that the same antibodies rushed with cells and they created this patch of skin over it called a scar. And what scientists will tell you is that if I ever get cut here again in life, it heals much quicker because all of the cells know exactly what to do for the exact spot that I burned myself in. Scars are stronger than skin. And if we as the body of Christ keep looking at our scars, remembering how people wronged us, as opposed to remembering how God healed us, we'll miss it every time. I'm here to tell you today, we're a healing agency. We are the body of Christ. We are antibodies. We are scarred up, but not forgotten. We are scarred up, but not perplexed. We are scarred up, but not despair. Because God says building muscle is about having muscle memory. So whoever wronged you, it just gave you muscle memory. Whoever overlooked you, it just gave you muscle memory. It's only a scar, and it made you stronger than before. We now have power we didn't have when he pushed us from in front of that train. And the only thing Jesus canceled was our sin. He never canceled us. Scars now. Scars now. That's what everybody who's walking through these doors who don't know God is looking for. And we can hold up our scars. This is my last sentence in front of the love of Christ. And our worst scars have become our greatest stars.
Let's shine bright. Let's get out of pettiness. Let's bring our best to the potluck every time because there's other people who need to be pushed from in front of trains. I love you, family. Let's bring it to the potluck. God bless.